When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Tuesday, February the 1st, 2022. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky Vanderbilt basketball game Wednesday night at Rupp Arena. It's a 7 o'clock start on the SEC Network. Kentucky coming off their big 80-62 to victory over Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse out in Lawrence on Saturday. Probably Kentucky's most impressive win of the season, beating the fifth-ranked Jayhawks again that I think stamped Kentucky as a national title contender, not just a Final Four contender, but a national title contender with the way the Wildcats played in Lawrence. They had everybody healthy. Ty Ty Washington was back. Severe Wheeler played the entire game, and obviously a huge game from Keon Brooks. 27 points and 8 rebounds from the junior forward. A career-high 27 points for Keon. This could be a little bit of a trap game for Kentucky on Wednesday as they take on Vanderbilt. They have Al- Kentucky goes to Alabama to take on the Crimson Tide on Saturday. Alabama, as I talked uh, with Mark Story on our podcast uh, after the Kansas game, Alabama's beaten three of the teams that were in the Final Four last year. They've beaten Baylor, Houston, and Gonzaga. They've been up and down. But Kentucky can't overlook Vanderbilt, which is coming off a win over Georgia as they come into Rupp Arena. And to help preview the game, I talked to Chad Bishop, who covers Vanderbilt for Vanderbilt Athletics. And to preview Kentucky, I talked with Derek Terry, our good friend over at the Cat Spa. So let's get right to it. First, my conversation with Chad Bishop, who covers Vanderbilt for Vanderbilt Athletics, and then Derek Terry of the Cat Spa. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is our good friend Chad Bishop, who writes for Vanderbilt Athletics and covers the Vanderbilt Commodores. How's it going, Chad? It's going great. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. Kentucky and Vanderbilt, uh, the rematch on uh, Wednesday night uh, at Rupp Arena. It's a 7 o'clock start. Uh, Chad, of course, these teams met not not all that long ago uh, in Nashville. Kentucky coming out with the win in that game. Uh have things changed much as far as uh, that game was on uh, January 11th? Uh, so roughly three weeks ago. Uh, what, what about Vanderbilt? How have they been playing since that first meeting with Kentucky? Yeah, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, you know, the Commodores probably, you know, I would say had their had the worst game of the season when they went down to Gainesville and played at Florida, uh, scored 42 points, uh, made just three field goals in the entire second half, which was really – shocking to sit there and witness in person it's it's almost kind of hard to do to watch a basketball team not be able to put the ball in the basket like they did but I mean just yeah I mean Jerry Stackhouse to his credit was just throwing everybody in there into the game to try to make a bucket and just and just nobody could do it and Scottie Pippen 
who we all know how great he is. I mean, even even he was one of ten from the field, and it, this got to a point where I think everybody realized, all right, this is this is as bad as it's going to get. You know, this is not our not our day. Um, so so that was a rough one for the Commodores, and then they had a game at South Carolina, which was. You know, honestly, a, a very good game for the Doors for probably about, you know, I want to say 30 minutes. And then uh, late in the second half, South Carolina just uh, exploded for a big time run late in the second half and, and really just kind of uh, really was the knockout blow that, that Vanderbilt could not recover from late in that game and, and lost that game on the road, too. But, you know, they, they regrouped and came back home and uh, faced Georgia. And we all know Georgia's at the bottom of the league, but, you know, wins a win. Commodore's got Rodney Chapman back into the lineup, a, a senior uh, transfer guard who's really been key in really stabilizing the Vanderbilt lineup when he's been able to play. Uh, so his return was big and gave them some confidence against Georgia. They did not play well defensively, but played exceptionally well offensively. So I think that'll give them a little bit of confidence going into this week in which they you know start with Kentucky and then have a big one against LSU at home on Saturday. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Chapman. I know he had been out for a while, and you kind of already answered it, but just talk a little bit about how important he is to Jerry Stackhouse's team and how much they missed him when he was out. Yeah, totally. It's it's an interesting uh, part of the lineup because, you know, Rodney Chapman is not a guy who's necessarily going to go out there and score 30 points. He's not going to, you know, really take over a game and, and dominate it in that fashion. But what he does is uh, he just takes so much pressure off Scottie Pippen really mentally and physically because a lot of times he'll guard the other team's best player. Uh, a lot of times the other team has to worry about Rodney when he's on the floor on the other end offensively. And that just kind of allows Scotty to to run around a little bit more freer where he's just not hampered constantly with double teams and getting pestered and maybe feels like mentally he has to carry the team on his shoulders. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Scotty likes doing that. He likes being the guy, but it just kind of alleviates some pressure off of him. And Rodney is just such a, uh, a mature young man. He's He's been around. He's a graduate transfer. He doesn't get too high and doesn't get too low. He's, he's really kind of a coach on the floor. If you watch the game, when he sits on the bench and, and Pippen comes out of the game, uh, Scotty Pippen usually goes and pulls up a chair next to Rodney Chapman and they, and they talk and they sit about what they're and, and discuss, you know, what they're seeing on the floor. So it's just, it's just a, a mature older player who's able to sort of, like I said, stabilize the team both on both ends of the floor. He had 12 points in 12 minutes the other night. Um, and, and just is really under control and really calm. So when he's in there, Vanderbilt is a different team, really, and sort of their their poise and their stability uh, and what they're doing offensively and defensively. And, and so that's really the biggest thing for Vanderbilt when they get Rodney Chapman back in the lineup. Yeah, I think he, he missed the first Kentucky-Vanderbilt game, correct? He did. He did. I think it would. He missed five games altogether, I believe. Yeah, he. You know, it's it's been tough for Ronnie because he he had a, a a slight knee injury in the preseason, um, so he missed a lot of the the early non conference games. And when he came back, he he had a bit of a hamstring issue, which kept him out for five games. So it's just you know when he's in there, great, but he he hasn't been able to stay healthy. They're hoping that he's uh, he's going to be back 100 percent for the rest of the year, and that's going to be. A huge boost, him and Liam Robbins, the grad transfer from Minnesota, who has not played at all yet, and he's getting close and close day by day. Uh, I don't know if he'll be back this week, but could be here later in the month. So with those two guys back healthy, I think you'll see a different Vanderbilt team down the stretch. Yeah, I know that's a big blow not being able to have uh, Robbins this year. Uh, one guy that uh, obviously they have, and you mentioned him, was Pippen. He scored 32 points in the first meeting between those two. What kind of season do you feel like he's having overall? 
It's been a little bit up and down. I think part of that is, like I mentioned, I mean, you know, Scotty is a, an interesting case when it comes to uh, being a player of the year type candidate, because while he, he will go get 30 from time to time, uh, I think he's a guy that would, would much rather distribute the ball and not necessarily be relied upon to carry the team and score 20 points a game. He, he's going to go get his for sure, but I think he's a lot happier and a lot more content uh, when other guys on his team are making shots and everybody is really carrying the load. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the 32 point game against Kentucky in the first meeting, but I mean, honestly, that game was out of hand in the second half, right? It was a 28 point lead for the cats at one point. And, you know, Scotty would rather have 10 points and 11 assists and a win than 32 points and a loss. So, um, you know, it's probably not the season that Scotty would want at this point. I mean, he's averaging over 18 a game and he had nine assists against Georgia this, this past time out, but um, it's it's been a tough ride with some of the losses that they've endured and some of the injuries to the lineup. But he's he's kept his head up, and I think he knows that it's a long season. And as they get into the month of February, Chapman back in the lineup maybe has a chance to kind of settle down and, and really turn it on and really take the next step to possibly lead Vanderbilt to a winning record. Who are uh, who are a couple of other guys that uh, who have been big factors for Vandy at least of late uh, that Kentucky fans should look for on Wednesday night. You know, really a guy that, you know, probably in my mind that nobody talks about, he's really been a steady force is Quentin Melora Brown. I mean, he came into the season probably being uh, a backup center to Liam Robbins. And with Liam Robbins not being healthy, uh, Quentin has started every game. Uh, And he's not, you know, he's not the biggest center in the league. He's not the most physical. He's probably not the most talented, but he's definitely one of the most hardest working guys in the in the in the conference i mean uh he's going to go in there he's going to put his nose in he's going to go up against oscar schwebe and and try to do what he can against him and and the kid just works really hard and he understands jerry stackhouse's system he knows where to be defensively he knows what to do on the offensive end and uh you know jerry stackhouse even mentioned him this past week that he also is one of those stabilizing forces for the commodores that when he's in there everybody just seems a little bit calmer uh, he's kind of like, you know, a quarterback in there yelling at people, telling them where to maybe more like a goaltender in soccer than a quarterback in football. I mean, he's just kind of putting everybody in the right place and uh, isn't afraid to get in people's faces and say, hey, you were wrong. You need to be at this spot on this play. So, uh, you know, watch him on Wednesday night. I mean, he may not necessarily fill up the stat sheet, but uh, just a calming present for the Commodores when he's out there. Okay, Chad, what what does Vanderbilt have to do uh, Wednesday night uh, to, to upset Kentucky? Obviously, Kentucky coming off a big win over Kansas, but they got Alabama on Saturday down in Tuscaloosa. Some people here are calling this a possible trap game for Kentucky. Uh, what would Vanderbilt have to do to, to knock off Kentucky at Rupp? Yeah, I, I totally agree. that It probably is a trap game, right? <laughs> I mean, coming off that, that big win at Kansas, and you got a team that uh, you handled pretty easily in Vanderbilt coming to town and probably overlooking them a little bit. But that being said, I mean, Vanderbilt still, number one, has to make shots. They did that against Georgia, and they looked like you know one of the better teams in the league. They did not do that against Florida and looked like one of the bottom teams in the league. So it sounds simple, but they, they got to – we all know that Jerry Stackhouse and his team runs – very good offensive sets. It all comes down to, to making shots when those shots are open. So guys like Miles Studi and Trey Thomas uh, need to come in and hit shots from the perimeter. Uh, they have to get off to a good start, obviously, to quiet that Rupp Arena crowd. 
They have to, you know, get back up when they get uh, delivered those blows from the from the home team. And Kentucky makes their run. Uh, and then I think defensively, transition is going to be key. You know, Jerry Stackhouse mentioned this week that not only does does Kentucky get out and run on misses, uh, if the other team makes it, Kentucky's getting out and running just as much. So I think transition defense is going to be huge for the Commodores. And then simply making shots. If they can do that, I think it'll be a close game in the end, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, they were 12 of 23 from three against uh, Georgia. If they shoot anything like that on Wednesday, I think it'll be a much closer game than anybody than uh, people anticipate. No doubt. And another thing to watch, you know, Scotty Pippen, uh, this will be his sixth game against the, the Cats, and he's averaged over 19 and uh, more than four assists in those five games. So he always seems to step up uh, when, when he goes against the Big Blue. So watch for him to have a good game as well. Well, it should be an interesting matchup on Wednesday. As I said, it's a 7 o'clock start. Kentucky and Vanderbilt, the rematch uh, from their game back in January. Chad, remind uh, people, uh, remind the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and how they can check you online leading up to and after the game. Absolutely. Uh, at Mr. Chad Bishop on Twitter.com and VUCommodores.com on the World Wide Web. Chad, as always, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks again. All right, John. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks again to Chad Bishop. We appreciate him, as always, being on the podcast. Up next, after the break, you'll hear Derek Terry of the Cat Spas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Derek Terry of the Cat Spas, good friend of the podcast, good friend of my of my own. Derek, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing well, John. Hanging in there today. I'm uh, feeling quite a uh, chipper today with the 60 degree weather based on what we've had so i was outside a little bit earlier and uh my understanding looking at the forecast is it's not going to stay this way for long but it's a, a refreshing day based off this winter that we've had in lexington well i thought you were saying you were chipper because of your bengals but uh well uh, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hit on that before we get into the meat of the matter uh how were you surprised uh, that the bengals beat the chiefs and are now uh, in the super bowl yeah, uh, quite <laughs> stunned, really, um, to have gone from, especially, uh, I had told my wife, I hadn't really allowed myself to uh, think all week that they could win. I kept telling her, you know, they, they somehow made it to the AFC Championship game. They got $60 million in cap space this offseason. I guess looking pretty good for the future, no matter what happens. And then, of course, they uh, got down 21-3, to and, uh, you know, I thought, well, this is how it's going to go, but... It kind of felt like a team of destiny at this point, just coming up with the big plays. And anytime you got Joe Burrow back there, you feel like you got a chance. So it was a pretty exhilarating win, really, for this. I mean, the whole playoffs have just been nail biters every single game <laughs> that yes. they've won in the playoffs. So to have gotten there, though, for the first time in my lifetime and for, you know, 
all my friends, people my age, this is really a season unlike any other because me and a lot of my buddies have cheered for the Reds through the years, and they've never even won a playoff series. So for a team from Cincinnati to advance this far, I mean, it's uh, it is almost like it's not real life. It's still a little <laughs> bit weird to think that they're in the Super Bowl. And 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 as a Browns fan, it's I'm not really looking forward to watching Joe Burrow for the next ten years because this this may be the start of multiple Super Bowl appearances. Not to jinx him or anything, but uh, uh, he's the real deal. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. It's it's wild though. I mean, and after Mahomes won that first one, you right. kind of felt like it was gonna be the Chiefs every year, and they did make it back to the Super Bowl last year, but lost. And then this year they get upset at home you look at all those quarterbacks in the afc it's just hard to really pinpoint that any one guy might be able to dominate the afc for a long time but there's no doubt i mean if you're a if you're a Bengals fan or just even a casual nfl fan probably the greatest compliment you can give <laughs> joe burrow and the Bengals is that you know they're like cool and yeah. before this year you probably wouldn't have said anything like that so yeah. we'll see i'm sure back in 01 or whatever year it was when brady uh won his first super bowl with the patriots it was a nice Nice little sports story for the underdog. And then, of course, he officially retired today. But by the time he left, I mean, he he was uh, not the same lovable figure. I guess you're a Patriots <laughs> fan or now a Bucks fan, and you loved him. But everybody else is probably ready to see him go. So I don't know that Burrow and the Bengals are going to win seven Super Bowls. Probably not. But uh, I think we'd all just settle for one for now. Yeah, that's a great story, no doubt about it. Uh, Derek, the other reason I wanted to get Derek on the podcast is because this is – Derek announced it yesterday officially. This is uh, his last week at the Cat's Paws. Uh, he is moving on uh, on to other endeavor endeavors. So, uh, Derek, congratulations on uh, on your new job, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll hate to see you. Uh, we hate to see you go, and uh, because we sure enjoyed being around you at the games uh, and the practices and so forth. Uh, but but congratulations on your next on your next move. Uh, before we'll touch on that again at the end, but uh, for right now, I wanted, but I also wanted to talk to you, of course, about Kentucky basketball coming off the big win over Kansas, play Vanderbilt on Wednesday night. How surprised were I asked you about the Bengals? How surprised were you, or were you surprised with the way Kentucky played uh, in Lawrence, uh, winning so decisively over Kansas? Yeah, I mean, if you'd have told me before the game that Kentucky was going to be leading about 24 in the second half, I mean, I, I wouldn't have predicted that by any means. I did feel like, um, Back before they played Auburn, I said on my own podcast that I thought they would find a way to at least win one of those road games against either Auburn or Kansas. Uh, obviously, they lost to Auburn. Ty Ty got hurt, so if you're missing time, who knows You know what would have happened had they been fully healthy. I think Auburn's a, a great basketball team this year, but um, Kansas, you know, by the numbers, Kansas was a very good team too. And to have beaten those guys the way they did, have another half where you score 50-plus points, I mean, this group's had some offensive performances. You go back to North Carolina, who I know isn't having a great year, you know, compared to normal. But Tennessee, which was the number one uh, defensive efficient team in college basketball at the time they played Kentucky. You know, UK scored 107 that game. And then you have a game against Kansas, who is not a great defensive team either. I think they were barely in the top 50 on Ken Palm. But that's still a place where teams don't usually go in there and play too well. And uh, to put that performance like they did, I mean, this is – I try not to be a prisoner of the moment, but I really think that might be one of the best road performances, certainly the John Calipari year. I really don't know if there's another one that's more impressive. Maybe maybe Louisville, one of those years where they went over there and beat those guys. But to be up 24 in a building where 
Bill Self had only lost 15 times his whole career at Kansas. I thought that was, was one, seriously one of the great wins of, of the Cal era. Yeah, def- uh, no, I agree. I agree. This, the way they dominated that game from, from start to finish. So does that game stamp Kentucky as a national title contender? I would say so. Yeah, I, I think uh, it seemed like in the poll and in, in the minds of voters, um, with the jump that they made, it seemed like everybody was just kind of waiting on that one road game statement win. And, you know, Kansas was number five in the poll. If you view Kansas as a title contender, which I do, um, to make that kind of statement by all means. And then you add in the fact, too, that your Oscar's having, like you have a star who, you know, he's probably number one, or at least in the mix. If he's not number one, he's got an argument uh, with Oscar Shibley in the National Player of the Year race. And Ty Ty was back, played 30-plus minutes, didn't, you know, have a great night shooting the ball, but just his presence being out there I think really helps this team. And there aren't too many weaknesses on this team. Um, they finally broke into the top 20 in defensive efficiency, which is what you want to see for a title contender team. Really, if you're top 25 is where you want to be. But that's, that's a big part of it that they can tighten that up. I mean, they held Kansas to 62 points, and that was a top five offensive efficient, efficiency team in college basketball. So um, still have some games left. Uh, road games at Alabama, at Tennessee – and then they play LSU at home as well. So they can still build on that resume. But, you know, I think I think that by all means at this point, I would, I would definitely have them in the mix. Now, I don't think they're going to be a favorite going into the tournament. But if you're going to pick out anywhere from six to eight teams right now and say these are the teams as of February 1st who are title contenders, I think Kentucky definitely has to be in that mix. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, is there anything – I mean, think back to the beginning of the year and where they are now. Has there been anything in particular that has surprised you about this team? Has anybody played better than you were expecting them to play or any facet of the game been better than what you thought going into the year? I definitely think Oscar. I, I was – I can remember um, obviously last season was going very poorly. And he was on campus, and I can remember watching his highlights from West Virginia and thinking, you know, this is the kind of guy that Cal's going to love just because of how hard he works on the glass. Um, you could just tell from watching the videos. And, again, these were highlight tapes, so they weren't showing the bad plays. But you could tell he wasn't like an ultra-skilled offensive player. Um, but his impact, I don't think anyone projected that he would be a 15-15 a and 15 type guy like he has been to this point. I, I thought he would be an upgrade certainly physically, over what they had last season with Olivier Sard, Isaiah Jackson, and those guys. So I think Oscar is one that, I mean, he's just been better than he could have hoped for. And he's been very fun, just uh, his style of play. I mean, I can remember, I guess it was Western Kentucky, maybe, where he had all those rebounds. And, like, he got to a point where the crowd, like, Rupp was just, like, so into cheering for rebounds for Oscar. I mean, it was just uh, – it was a wild thing to, to, to witness just because, you know, I mean, most people are, you know, they're cheering when the ball goes in the hoop and uh, if someone gets hot from three, you know, the crowd really gets into it. But this was just like everybody wanted to see Oscar keep getting rebounds, which was uh, awesome. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, Ty Ty, you know, you go back to some of the games that Kentucky lost early in the year. It was his very first college game against Duke. He didn't play very well, but. I don't think that was stunning. And then against Notre Dame, it was another game where he didn't really play all that great. But since then, you look at what he's done against some teams. I mean, he had 28 against Tennessee in that win. Um, steps up a point guard whenever Sabir was hurt. Broke the school record for assist. I mean, he has been a very good all-around player. And then I'll tell you another thing that's been 
maybe not super surprising given the makeup of this team, but I mean, this is a true, it's a truly the first season in the Cal era where they're not so dependent on freshmen. I mean, Tata is really the only guy you got to think Bryce and Damon didn't play last game against Kansas. So it's a, it's truly um, a different type of year. And I think it's been good for them to have had these guys. Maybe, maybe they've, you know, are peaking a little bit sooner than what Cal teams have in the past. And it's because they have that kind of experience, but even a story like Keon the other day, I thought was was good, just because he's been a kid that had that five star ranking. You know, very few guys, if we're being honest, um, make it to the junior year at Kentucky. I mean, I think Nick Richards was the last guy, and before him, I mean, it might have been Marcus Lee or somebody like that, a guy who was a five star who had made it that far um, to have a game like he did the other night, where he had twenty seven points and eight boards. I mean, I think that kind of shows you how deep this team is, and really how dangerous they can be when they're clicking. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So what are you going to watch, uh, even though even though you won't be covering it from a professional standpoint, I know you'll be paying attention and watching, but what are you looking for from this team from here on out? I mean, is there a particular area you want to see, hey, they might need a little bit of improvement here, or is there anything you're going to be keeping your eye on uh, to kind of gauge this team's chances going into the tournament? I mean, if I'm taking my media hat off and people can't accuse me of pushing a media narrative, I mean, I, I'm very curious to see what happens with Shaden Sharp. I think, it, really? you know, I don't think that they necessarily need him. I think they've proven to be a title contender without him on the floor. But you're talking about a kid who, you know, warm-ups isn't going to tell the tale of the game. I mean, anybody can look like a freak in warm-ups, dunking and all that. But you can just kind of tell that, you know, he does have that look of a guy who um, will more than likely not – play in the NBA very soon. Um, you've seen whenever they lose a guard, you know, I get it. You know, if any team loses a starting guard, it's going to be tough for them. But I think I really truly see it. If he wanted to have a role where he could be, you know, somewhat of a role player, I don't think at this point in the season, he's ever going to come in and be leading the team in shots. I wouldn't expect that, but if he is someone who can come in and add something to their team, maybe a you know wing scoring element um, to go along with what they have, I think there's a role there for him if he wants it. Um, and again, I don't, I don't, I really don't think I said this last night. I really think Cal is pretty much in a win-win situation just because his team's proven that it's good um, and can win. And after what they did against Kansas, you know the the talk of Shaden's not really there. But right. you go back a week before when they lost to Auburn and all anybody was talking about was if Shaden Sharp was going to be playing against Mississippi state. So it kind of seems like with Shaden, it goes, you know, if they win, no one really cares, but <laughs> when they lose, it's like, well, can this kid help you out? Right. So, and I really did feel like too, that the Vanderbilt game, if you're going to play in this year, it feels like tomorrow would be the time. If he doesn't really get in tomorrow, then maybe it's not going to happen this year, but I, I'm too, have a team that's proved, I think they're up to number two in Ken Palm now. Right. To even have the element where you could add um, a kid who's that highly thought of, you know, the number one player in the country. I just think that's such an intriguing part to this team that that, that will definitely be a story I want to follow the rest of the year. If you're John Calipari, are you worried at all But putting Shaden Sharp in is going to mess with the chemistry of this team? Yeah, I think that's a real, uh, I think that's a real thing to factor in for sure um of all the things about john calipari i mean people criticize him at times as an x's and o's coach things like that 
He knows way more basketball than me, so I'm not really going to comment uh, <laughs> on that element of it. But I think what you do have to give Cal a lot of credit for and what he's proven over his time at UK, I mean, he, he knows how to manage these guys. Yeah. And it's not easy to take guys who are only going to be there for six months in a lot of cases and get them to buy in and want to play for the team um, prior to going off to their next stop. And uh, I think he would only play him if he really felt like it was to benefit the whole team. And that's why, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I wouldn't criticize him from afar if he doesn't play Shaden, um, just because he's got a better idea than any of us. I just like the storyline of it all being in the spot that, you know, if you're they're truly a title contender this year and just thinking that there's possibly a kid this talented who could help you get over the hump, then I think it's, uh, it's easy to see why it's been such a storyline since Shaden got on campus. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, the Vanderbilt game, uh, as you mentioned, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock at Rupp Arena. Kentucky goes to Alabama on Saturday. They'll be an interesting game. Alabama's been so up and down, but they have they got three really good wins over Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. Uh, is this kind of a trap game for Kentucky? If you're a Kentucky, uh, if you're a Kentucky fan, are you worried about them? They've already beaten Vanderbilt early in the year, having a let and coming off the big Kansas game. Are they going to? Are you worried about them having a letdown tomorrow night? Yeah, this is the first time this season where you know all the media praise is, is on them. I mean, when they beat Tennessee, it was you know kind of like that, but it's not been the same. I mean, they they shot up in the polls seven spots. Everyone now is listing them as a title contender. Um, I think you know they played very well. I thought in Nashville. I mean, Scotty Dippen Jr. played very well against them, but it didn't really matter um, that he had as good of a game as he did, just because. No one else for Vanderbilt could really step up to that level. So Stackhouse has never beaten Calipari, but you know it does seem like at times this can be a very competitive game. Um, you know, last year was obviously much different than what we're used to at Kentucky, but Vanderbilt nearly beat them last year at home. So I think this is a game that for a team like Vanderbilt, they're they're well on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament at this point. But Stackhouse is still at the point in his career where you're looking for for key wins to show that this thing is going in the right direction. So I have no doubt that they'll be prepared for it. I just don't think that they have enough firepower to, to be able to come into Rupp and beat this team. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's a possibility of a Kentucky having a letdown, but I don't think Vanderbilt is the team that can take advantage of that. Uh, well, Derek, as we mentioned at the beginning, this is your last week at the Cats Pod, as you announced uh, yesterday on Twitter. You're going to work for the Lexington. We're losing you to the Lexington Fayette Urban County Government. Uh, we sure wish you well on on that. Do you have any favorite uh, memory of your time uh, covering Kentucky uh, as you head off to uh, off to a new job? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the games, there there have been a few. Um, I still tell people I think the best game I covered. Uh, was actually a Kentucky loss. I thought that Memphis and um, when Kentucky played North Carolina in the late eight back in 2017, I just thought it was a, yeah. a great college basketball game. But no, I think what I'll miss most is definitely the people. I mean, I've, I got to reflect on it because I knew. I mean, I uh, found out I mean, almost a month ago that I was going to be getting this job. So I took some time to kind of reflect on it. And I mean, when I went and looked at my you know, text log and see all the people I talk to every day, I mean, so many of these people are people that I met through sports writing. So I'll miss getting to see them every day. Uh, I was telling the guys yesterday in the group text that my 
my proudest journalism moment was you liking me enough to bring me on your podcast twice before I left. So uh, it's a big accomplishment for me there. But uh, I will miss seeing everybody for sure. That's that's only the thing that I miss. I won't miss the you know seven thirty p.m. football kickoffs and back when we were a weekly magazine. I mean, I was. I mean, I was there until I got my work done for Prince. I mean, that can be sometimes, no kidding, 2 in the morning Oh yeah. before we were getting out of there. You know, you know those nights all too well. So I have more time to hang out with my wife. Um, I wrote my farewell column today for the Cat's Paws that we started dating. Uh, I covered the Des Moines on College, and I covered the uh, NCAA tournament in Des Moines when they lost to Indiana. And uh, I knew I was going to ask her out, so I got home, and it was March 20th when I asked her. But I didn't think it out very well because every year after that, I was always on the road <laughs> covering the NCAA tournament for our dating anniversary and her birthday is on March 28th. So, you know, after a few years, I got to a point where, and then with football too, I mean, Mark Stoops, I mean, they played either on New Year's Day or like on New Year's Eve for the past few years. So, I mean, that's, you know, doing New Year's over FaceTime rather than being in person and then right. missing her birthday. I mean, I just got to a point where as a lifestyle, I was looking for something a little bit slower pace, but right. there were so many pros of being uh, a sports rider and some drawbacks, but that's the thing for any job. But right. definitely when I thought about it, the people, that's, that's what I'm going to miss the most. Well, we're going to miss you, Derek. Uh, I'm going to miss talking to you about Isbel and music and, yeah. and uh, around football practice and the basketball games and Kentucky sports. I'm sure, though, you will keep in touch. And uh, even though we won't be getting to see you every day, hopefully you'll keep in touch. And uh, we'll be uh, following you in your new career. Uh, but before you go, Derek, tell people how they can find you on Twitter and give a plug to the Cat Spas before you go. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Derek S. Terry. Um, if you're a Reds fan, I'll still be venting my frustration with them this summer, I'm sure. <laughs> and then the Bengals, too, uh, probably to a lesser degree than what I do with, obviously, the Reds, just the volume of games every day. Right. Uh, hopefully, I'll still get to watch as much as I used to. I guess I won't get to see as many day games. But now the Cat's Paws, if you want to subscribe to the print issue, you can go to Google and type in the Cat's Paws uh, magazine, and our website should be the first one that pops up on search. But if you're just looking for online, you can find the cat or uh, catspaws.com is where you can find all the online work. And that's part of the 24-7 Sports Network. So if you're looking for high school football or high school basketball rankings, you can find it there as well. And, you know, my soon-to-be former co-workers, Josh Edwards, Chris Fisher, and uh, my boss, Daryl Bird, they all work really hard um, to improve that product. So that's where you can find us. Well, Derek, thanks again for being on the podcast and uh, all the times you've been on the podcast. And uh, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night. But after that, good luck to you as you uh, go to work for as we lose you to the city. Yeah, I really appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me on. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. I want to thank my guests, Chad Bishop of Vanderbilt Athletics and Derek Terry of the Cats Pods. And we wish Derek well in his new uh, endeavor, his new career. Uh, we've always appreciated Derek being on the being on the podcast. We're going to be we're going to miss him being around uh, Kentucky athletics, the games, both basketball and football. But good luck to Derek. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Uh, we'll have plenty of coverage of the Kentucky Vanderbilt game leading up to the game during the game. And after the game, look for my live updates on my sidelines blog during the game. Look for my three takeaways after the game 
Follow Jerry Tipton at Jerry Tipton. Follow Mark Story at Mark C. Story. Follow Ben Roberts at Ben Roberts HL during the game as well. We appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Thanks to everyone who leaves a rating and review wherever they find the podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, tuned in Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio Podcasts. A reminder, Kentucky Vanderbilt is a 7 o'clock start on the SEC Network on Wednesday night. Thanks again to Chad Bishop. Thanks again to Derek Terry. And thanks again to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.